leisure, um, in, even in leisure activities. Um, the reason I was thinking about this, I went with the youth last summer because they were going to go on this hike, and I went with them thinking it was just a hike. It was rock climbing, y'all. It was rock climbing. <laughs> and, and Brittany and Jacob do this all the time. And they went, we started climbing rocks, and it is, I'm going to just throw this out there. Short people have a hard time climbing rocks. And my foot would not reach hardly the next step. And while you're climbing, you're looking down. I mean, you fall, like, you, you might die. Like, so, and that's my thought. I'm going through, like, and Brandon, I didn't have Randall. Brandon was trying to take my waist and lift me up. We got to the top, and I'm shaking. And then when you reach the top, you're on a cliff, and you're looking down. There's no gain. There's no protection. You're just on this cliff, and you're looking down, and I'm shaking and thought, what is the point? Oh, my goodness. Like, I am just shaking. Did not have courage. Brittany and Jacob and the youth, they do this hike all the time. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm more of a sailboat person. <laughs> Send me an old sailboat. Let the wind take me where I need to go. That's me. So I have courage. I see courage in other people that I don't have. We need courage in everyday life. Courage to go to work when you know what's going to be ahead of you for the day. Courage to raise your children right, regardless of the resistance that you know will come. Courage standing up for what's right in the midst of a world that has walked away from God. See, I want to be that courageous woman. I want to be strong in the face of adversity. I want to be brave when fear starts creeping in. I want to step out and follow the Holy Spirit when He is telling me to do something that is so uncomfortable it makes me shake. But there are times when I feel like hiding instead of conquering. So that's what we're going to talk about, because maybe you can relate. Uh, let's start off with prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, to be in your house today, God. I just pray, Lord, for an anointing, Lord, that when I speak, Lord, your words come forth. God, this is lesson is for me just as much as it is for any lady in this room. Lord, we need a big dose of courage. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, that by the end of this lesson, Lord, there will be points that you have placed in our hearts and our minds, Lord, that we will be a determined group of women, Lord, that are Lord, determined to go out and walk in courage. Lord, we do pray for Becky's friend, Lord, that is battling cancer, Lord, that you would just touch her. God, um, with those health issues, Lord, we pray for the lady that passed away in her office, Lord, that you would just be with that family. Lord, you are with us, Lord, even among all the trials. Lord, we give you praise and glory and honor, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so like I said, I want to be courageous. And I was looking up courageous, uh, really courageous women in the Bible. I would love to be like Mary, young and single, being told that she was about to give birth to God's son. She wasn't even married. She was engaged. And you know what her response was? Let it be according to your word. Walking in courage even when things are not turning out the way you're planning. I want to do that. I want to be that type of woman that no matter what comes my way, I say, Lord, let your will be done. I would love to be like Jochebed, Moses' mom, and I probably said that uh, her name wrong but she hid her precious son for three months so he would not be murdered 
And when she could hide him no longer, she put him in a basket and she sent him down the river, trusting God that all would be well. Walking in courage, even when your child is in danger and you have to let go. I want to be like Abigail, who heard that her husband disrespected David and there were going to be big consequences to pay. So she secretly gathered her supplies. She ran down where David was and she apologized for her husband's behavior. She was putting her own life at risk so she can make peace with David. Walking in courage, doing what's right, even though there may be a price to pay. I like to be like Jael, who was standing outside her tent and she saw Caesarea, a commander who was being chased by Barak in the army. She lures him into the tent. She gives him some milk, and as he lays down, she puts a spike through his head and helps God's people win victory. Walking in courage when it is time to stand up and fight, even when you're the only warrior. I want to be like Hannah, who could not have children. And the Bible says she went to the temple, and as she continued praying, Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved. And her voice was not heard. And the priest came and thought she was drunk. Walking in courage when it is time to remain silent, even when you want to speak and to hand everything over to God. And then that hard, sometimes it takes just as much courage to remain silent in a situation than to try to stand up and do something and speak out different types of courage needed at different times in our life. I read an article from Psychology Today, and it posted an article about the six attributes of courage. And as I read that, I thought, well, these are six traits of being a courageous person, then I really need to look at that and decide, well, which area of these, do I have these six traits? Do I need to work on some of these areas? So I wrote them down, and that's where we're going to look at, um, and even at the biblically, because I love that what God says in his word. People in today's world are coming up with this new idea, and it becomes really big. I see it at work all the time because I work at a business school, and people come up and write papers, and it's, you know, i got a big idea, and it is the exact same thing that's already in Scripture. See, we've got an advantage We've got the truth, the full truth, the full knowledge in God's word. And sometimes we don't read it and we forget about that. But this was one of those because as I looked at the six attributes of courage, I felt that's, that's in God's word. <laughs> so we're going to look at that. Um, the first one was feeling fear yet choosing to act. Now, fear is a human emotion. And we're all going to have times when we feel fearful. And sometimes as women or as people of God, we begin to feel guilty, right? Like, you know, because so many times in the Bible it says do not fear. And you're thinking, oh, I'm, I'm sinning. I feel this fear. But I don't think the sin is actually in the field because fear is a human emotion. The sin is when you let um, fear control you and it makes you motionless. That is why God says fear not because he knows that it is an emotion that we will have. And it is emotion that the enemy can use to make you feel powerless and make you forget where your strength comes from. Fear minimizes God 
and it paralyzes us. Nelson Mandela quoted, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but it is he who conquers that fear. In Isaiah 41.10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That is such a promise for God. And we read that. I'm sure you've all read that verse, right? But there's points that fear still comes. And you're like, I know I've read that verse. Why, why is it getting in my ears and, and not here? Like, what is it doing? How can I stop the fear from creeping in when I know that verse? I know it. Okay? So how do we act even though fear is present? And there's three things that I thought of. And I'm sure there's many more. Um, but I thought of these as I was doing this Bible study. One is recognizing who is on your side. Romans 8.31 says, What should we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And one of my favorite stories in the Bible is in 2 Kings 6.15-17. And I'm going to read those three verses. It says, When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning... An army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what should we do? The servant cried out. And I just want to stop there for a minute because when you see fear and you see situations around you and you see things happening and turn on the news. I don't watch much news because I'm telling you that can send fear right through you. And when you start having these feelings and you're feeling like, oh, what are we going to do? And that's what this servant did. Human emotion normal guy steps out and says oh what are we going to do he's looking at an army he's seeing the people advancing towards them he sees their weapons he sees the bad and elijah prayed well first elijah spoke to him and said don't be afraid those who are with us are more than those who are with them and elijah prayed and said open his eyes lord so that they may see Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire around Elijah. See, that still happens with us today. That is not a made-up story in the Bible where, okay, that was a one-time deal. God sent his army around protecting his, his guy. No, that happens around us all the time. And we need to remember that. And when we're going through something and we feel fearful, to say, no, there is a spiritual realm. There is something going in the heavenlies that I am not giving up and I will refuse to give in to this fear because my God has me surrounded. There are so many scriptures in the Bible that he said he's in front, he's in back, he's on each side of you. He has you surrounded. Yes, God allows us to walk through certain things, but there's always an army. There's always an army. So when we're starting to feel that fear, think about this verse and say, Lord, that still takes place today. We are not living this life alone. So whether you're needing courage for whatever reason, I want you to picture, start picturing those warriors on every side of you. It is real. The same God who got Daniel out of the lion's den, the same God who pulled three men out of the fiery furnace, the same God who 
was with Esther as she stood before the queen, not knowing if she was going to live or die after she spoke. That same God is who we serve. He looks at us just the same way he's looked at them. He calls us his child the same way he called them his child. It is not, we are not out of that, right? We're part of him. So we need to know who we serve, who we are, and then who is on our side. So the second step, I think, in feeling fear yet choosing to act is remembering past victories. Psalm 77.11 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. Isaiah 46.9 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. So, so when I find fear starting to settle, I'll stop and think about what God, God has done for me in the past. And it really does help. Peace starts filling me up. Because I'm telling you, I've seen him heal my son. I've seen him work out job situations. I can honestly sit here and say in my 50-some years of living, God has not failed me yet, ever. Did I get a job I wanted? No. But you know what I heard later? It was a horrible job. I went to go someplace that didn't work out. I heard it was a horrible job. Things, little details, big details... God has been with us. So when you are starting to have fear, like, no, God didn't stop. He doesn't have a stopping date of helping me. He didn't say I'm going to help you for the first 30 years, can't after that, you're young. And if he did it in the past, he's going to do it in the future. Rely, think back. And, you know, that's one thing, a journal. Keeping a journal is awesome. I'm not as good about it as I used to be, but I'll tell you what I love to do. If I'm at home and I see my journals, sometimes I pour them, pull them out. And I will have a little prayer journal. And I do this during our fast at the beginning of the year. I will put year of 2016. Prayer requests for the year. And then I'll put some praise reports. It's amazing that on every one, God has worked out. There has been some lost loved ones that I'm still praying for. And when I have doubts for that, I'm like, no, look at my journal. Look what he did. He's not going dis- to forsake me. He still hears my prayers. He's giving me promises in my prayer time. And I'm telling you, that is amazing when you're praying about something and you open God's word and he, it's a verse that is what you're praying about. Write it down. And when fear starts coming, read it. Because God gave you that verse for a reason. It wasn't circumstantial. That's how he's speaking to you. And I've got my verses. I've got my verses that point. I'm like, no, nope, you gave me that verse, God. It hasn't happened yet, but I am standing strong because you have not failed me yet. Remember your past victories. And third, know who you are in Christ. Romans 8.37 says, Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I love that when I was writing that down, it says, I'm his special possession. See, I can boldly say, no, I'm God's. I belong to God. You think you can hurt? I belong to God. Can't do anything to me that God hasn't allowed. Sorry, I'm his special possession. When we start recognizing that and walking in that, 
and saying, oh, who am I in Christ? He's my father. I'm his daughter. It, it does rise up a little bit of courage in you, and then it gets bigger and bigger, I'm telling you. Like, yeah, you're not going to bother me. I love that same movie, uh, what is it, Overcomers. I love the scene, and I was trying to, like, look at clips for that scene where the, the, after the little girl gets saved, she stomps into the room in front of all of her classmates and says, I've got something to say. I am conquered. I'm the, and she just started rambling it off, and I'm like, wow. Like, such a powerful scene. And I'm like, yes, yes. It, like, wanted to make me get up and shout in, in the auditorium. Like, it was just so good. But that is what we need to be. Look up verses. Claim those. Write them down. Recognize that who you are in Christ. Um, the, um, so that, the, all those were steps of how do we step out in fear. Something to write down. And I did put all these on your sheets because I know we're going to just keep falling. Put these on your sheets. Um, the next one, a characteristic of being courageous is following your heart and have passion. Passion is what makes us do extraordinary things. Passion is at the heart of courage. So if I know passion, which if you think of everybody who's courageous, there's a passion there. There's a passion. You're not going to be courageous unless you're very passionate about something. So what am I passionate about? What do I wake up thinking about in the mornings? What do I get excited about? Those things are what I tend to be most passionate about. Passion causes reaction. See, I see a lot of people at work and on the news and they like different TVs when I actually like switching channels and they're all picketing and they're screaming and they're, you know, fighting a cause and they're doing all these great things and it's because they're passionate. But I also see that in my life where I work, their passion is on things that will burn away. Their passion is on things that are contradictory to God's word. So how much more should we Godly women that serve God start having a passion for the things of God. Now I get it because I remember the days of raising kids and they're crying all day and you're working all day and you come home and you're doing the washing and you're doing all your choice and you literally collapse in bed thinking, how can I have passion on anything except getting through this day? I remember being there. And I remember saying, Lord, I'm not spending any time with you. How is this going to work out? Like, I can't do this. I've got a sick baby. I've got washing. I've got, I'm doing all these things. How can I do this? How can I increase my passion? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I just want a little of your time. And I thought, okay, well, Lord, you know. When I get up, I'm running. My feet hit the floor, and I run. And I just heard, I didn't tell you how much time. I was like, okay. Sit there and thought, I said, okay. I am going to set the alarm because literally I get up before anybody else. And I'm going to set it for 10 minutes early. 10 minutes early, what's 10 minutes, right? Okay, I'll be sleepy, but what's 10 minutes? I will get up 10 minutes early, go into the bedroom, read my little devotion. I had those things upstairs, those daily breads. I'll say a quick prayer and I will do my little daily devotion. And God met me there. He met me there in 10 minutes. And my 10 minutes became 15. And he met me in 15. 
and you met me at 20, and then 25. And I'm not saying here today to tell you that I still am great at um, doing this like on Saturdays. But I'm telling you, that is my routine. I set my clock early, and I'm not even telling you the full time like right now because that's not what it's about. It's about giving God something. He will meet you there. And I promise you, your passion for him will increase. See, we feel responsible as women to get all this stuff done. And we're so much like Mary, right? And not, But you know what I love about the story in the Bible? Jesus didn't look at Mary and say, Mary, with that tone. I look at, at that scripture and I picture him saying, Mary. Sort of with a broken heart, Mary. To Martha, I'm sorry. Martha, Martha, Mary has picked what's important. Martha, look at me. Look at me. Because see, once we get our eyes on Jesus, I'm telling you, our perspective changes. All of a sudden, I'm not going to cry if there's a dirty dish in the sink. If I spent time with my God and I knew that was the priority. All of a sudden, it's not going to offend me what somebody said to me today, and I'm not going to take it home and wear it all afternoon because I've spent that little bit of time with my Jesus. It's amazing. And I think both of my kids can tell you all of their years, when I started that, they were infants. And I woke up every morning and I said, Lord, they're facing a lot of things today. And especially when they started school, oh my goodness, the burden I felt. And I would get up and say, Lord, I've got to have time with you. I've got to ask you to protect my kids. I gotta ask you to be with my husband. Because he faces temptations at work. You know, to lose either lose your temper or to get angry or to respond. Lord, let him be a light. And one day Randall looked at me, he's like, Well, you're getting up off early, and I'm like, oh, you don't know the impact this is making. And I probably would never know the impact that made until I reach heaven. But don't take it lightly. Jesus hears every prayer. And something is going in the spiritual world. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not sending time on, but I'm telling you ladies, if we're going to be courageous women of God, if we're going to be courageous, fight for our children, fight for our husbands, fight on the job, fight even if you like are a stay-at-home mom, fight for the things that your household, to keep your house pure. We need to be warriors. We need to not take it so nonchalantly. And I'm going to tell you one time, a, a, a story. Like I said, we we'll run out of time. It's like okay. So, um, I had a lady that was living a, a, a sort of lifestyle that I worked with, and she asked me one day, like, what did I think? And, you know, I was, I was friends with her, and I kindly told her my beliefs, and I said, you know, Jesus loves you. I I love you. I was like, but there are principles and. She walked away, and she's like, okay, well, thank you for explaining. And she walked away. We still remained friends. A couple months after I left that job, I kept dreaming. I dreamt about her, a very vivid dream. And I jerked away. It was one of those nights, like, if you ever like, had a dream, just jerked away. And you're like, what was I dreaming? Like, why did I just jerk away? I jerked away, and I thought, why did I jerk away? And I saw her face. Now, I knew deep down that God was telling me to get out of bed and pray for her. I was too tired. So in my mind, I said, you know what, God, I'll just... That's weird that I felt that. I'll send her a car tomorrow. And I went back to sleep. 
So I went ahead and went back to sleep, woke up the next morning, forgot about the car. Thought, oh, I'll do it this afternoon when I remembered it. Got home that afternoon, you know the routine. Get home, fix dinner, wash clothes. Put everything away, collapsed in bed. Days went on, I thought, oh yeah, I never did do that. Probably need to do that. Never did it. <laughs> Finally, I will, um, heard about three months later that on that exact week, her significant other broke up with her and she wanted to commit suicide. She was very depressed. I thought how powerful it would be when I had told her that Jesus loved her. If I would have got up out of bed, number one, and prayed for her like God was telling me to, and number two, sent her the car like God told me to. What a powerful impact that would have made. Can you imagine her thinking, receiving that, and saying, oh my goodness, her Jesus told her I was in this place. And then, I know there's times that I did get up and pray for a person. And I've never heard the outcome. But I'm telling you, I know there is a battle going around in the spiritual world that we need to stop the busyness and just make sure that we're spending time with God. That's how we're going to be courageous. That's how battles are going to be won. That's how things are going to change. So I know I've been there. I can tell you failures of wanting to sleep in. I can tell you failures of being so busy that I don't take that time, but I can also tell you there are times that I obey and things have happened. So that's just in a character. Know, have passion. Maybe we're lacking passion because we don't have any passion at all. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like, like, okay, I just don't feel like I'm passionate about anything? We need to start praying about that. We need to start praying for our passion for the things of God. Because in Matthew 6, 33, it says, first, seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Matthew 22, 37 says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. And in fact, he gives us a warning in Revelations 2. It says, nevertheless, I have something against you because you've lost your first love. Remember, therefore, from which you have fallen and repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto you quickly and remove your candlestick out of this place. We need to build up our passion. I think we do this by three things. I was thinking about on the way to, on the way to church this morning, because it's easy to say, let's build up our passion, but not, like, how do we get there? We do this by prayer, first of all, foremost. Tell God, Lord, I feel passionless right now. He knows it anyway. He's just waiting for us to come to him, right? So go to him and say, God, I just feel passionless right now. I want to have passion for you. Second, we need a determination. See, we can pray that all we want to and say, Lord, fill me with passion, fill me with passion. If there is not a determination within our spirits to make this happen, it's not going to happen. We have to set our minds to this. We have to set our minds to take action and be that determined. And then we step out and do do something about it. But prayer, oh, prayer, start with prayer. The third characteristic is persevering in the face of adversity. 
Remember there is a person and there is a purpose in the adversity. First of all, we're all going to face some kind of trial. We live in a fallen world. Nowhere does the Bible say, I've put you on this planet and you're a Christian and you follow me so there will be no trials. In fact, he tells us just the opposite. He said, you follow me, they prosecute me, they're going to prosecute you. You're going to go through trials. And more so these days if you're a Christian, I'm just saying. You're going to be ridiculed more. It might not be to your face at this point, but I'm telling you, I hear snickers at work. It's going to happen. But don't give up. Nothing comes easy. Those who have walked courageously and won battles never did by those calm waters and smooth sailings. My favorite vacation. Battles aren't run by that. Battles are won by adversity. Battles are won, but they're tough. That's what makes courageous people courageous. Right? It takes courage. Orson Morton, who was an 1850s author, said most of our obstacles would melt away if instead of cowering before them, we would make up our minds and walk boldly through them. And then Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So one of the things that jumps out for me is that Jesus hung on the cross for the joy that was set before him. See, so many times as women, we just see right here, right? We see right here the next few years. We're not looking at How do you think Jesus got through the cross? It says he set his eyes on what was past the suffering. He set his eyes on heaven and sitting on the right hand of God. That's how he got through the cross, that in his love for us. He pictured us in heaven, with him, surrounded by the throne. It said he set his eyes on the joy in front of him, and he endured the cross. See, we need to get our mindset sometimes on what's ahead of us. Yeah, it's tough here. It's struggles. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, that's helping us push through instead of this world. It reminds me of a race, and I've told this story before, so if you guys probably have heard it, forgive me again, but my kids wanted me to sign up for a race. Remember, I like the sailboat, right? And I said, okay, I'll try to train. And I try to train for this race, and it made my feet hurt, it made my back hurt, my knees hurt, it gave me a headache. I'm telling you, I, I did not like it, and Jessica's like, oh, mom, but you'll love it once you get used to it. I'm sorry it did not happen. I'm just throwing it out. It did not happen. But I did make it to the race. And as I'm running the race, I see a sign. Jessica and Aaron and everybody's running straight through this hot pavement. I see a sign that says, easy route. No, it, says, um, no, it didn't say easy route. It said, harder route with shade. It said, shady route. So I'm thinking, I am hot and sweaty. Shade sounds good to me. I'm telling you so. They kept running. They didn't know what happened to me. I was like, shade? 
and I just took off down it. The shade took you down rocks, around a lake, up a hill, and it was the hard rack. So as I'm dying and I'm running through the hills and going slow, I'm telling you, I have this lady beside me, and she's, you know, we're elbow to elbow most of the time. She good. So as we get back onto the pavement, she looks at me and says, Karen. She said, what's your name? And I said, Karen. And she introduced herself. She said, okay, we've been neck and neck this whole race. She said, let's mean you just take off running and finish strong. And, you know, I faked it. I smiled and said, that's a good idea. And then said, I was like, are you kidding me? But I didn't want to say that. Like, you want to look all tough, right? So I looked at her and went, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. She said, okay. And I'm telling you, she got a burst of energy. And that woman shot off. I said, I can do this. And I started, I ran two yards. And I started feeling like I was going to throw up. So I just stopped. And I thought, I'm sorry. I just can't do that. So I walked. And as I reached the last few feet, you know, because people are around the finish line, you want to look like you did good. So around the last few feet, I'm going... <laughs> I'm just running. And then when I reached it, I was like, whoa, that was hard. Whoa, I did good. I finished it. Well, I noticed the guy is looking at me very strange, the worker. He's got his little badge on his stand and looking at me really funny. And I'm like, whoa, yeah, huh, and, and he wouldn't say a word. He just kept looking at me. Finally, the person to my, was passing me stepped over the finish line and it went ding and I'm like oh that's the finish line and he's looking at me like and I'm like oh and I stepped over it and went ding and I'm like okay that's not even a real time I think it was like five minutes ago like I didn't know that was the finish line and it was so embarrassing because I told my kids my time and I was like well I didn't know y'all didn't tell me I had to go through the little archway like you couldn't explain these things to me and I started thinking how sad for us to do that with our Christian walk. Give that final run and be near the crossover point and stop and give up. Be near that cross line of where the battle is about to be won, but we're too tired to pray. We're too tired to see God. We're too tired. We're just untired, right? And we stopped when the battle was just one more step. Something to think about. So when you're going through something and you need that little dose of courage. After the, the race, I told Jessica, I said, um, man, Jessica started feeling sick. And I was lightheaded. I saw stars. She said, yeah, mom, isn't that great? That's when you pushed your body to the limit. I'm like, no, it's not great. I don't want to push my body to the limit like that. Who wants to do that? Like, doesn't, like, this is just crazy. And sometimes you're going to feel that way in your spiritual walk. You're going to feel like, okay, I feel sick. I can't do this anymore. Don't be like me and just stop short. We need to finish the race.